All right, we want to um, greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're grateful to the Lord for everyone that's here today. And uh, we look forward to sharing with you the things that the Lord have laid on our hearts to share. And my prayer is that as the uh, Lord is speaking to us today, that we will take heed uh, to what he's going to say and that we will... Uh, um, apply these things to our lives because the Lord always uh, speak directly to our lives and the things that uh, the enemy is using to trouble us. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to the second chapter of 2 Timothy. Second chapter of Second Timothy. Uh, let's let's uh, start with a word of prayer first. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your brand new mercy, for waking us up this morning, and for watching over us, Lord, while we slept. And Lord, we pray that. As we open up your word today, that you will speak to us plainly. Lord, help us to uh, receive the understanding and the revelation that you have for us to receive today. And Lord, as we hear your word, help us to examine ourselves. Help us to get in front of the mirror, Lord, and not see things through our eyes, but see things through your eyes, Lord, so that we can be changed and purified by your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. So we want to um, second chapter of Second Timothy. Is everybody there? We're going to start reading at verse one. It says, "Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus." Does everybody see what he's saying there? Be strong in the grace that is where. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. Everybody see that? Not just of Christ Jesus, but the things that you've heard of me. In other words, the things that you've heard me preach among many witnesses. The same commit thou to who? Faithful men. Does everybody understand what he's saying there? Now, we know one of the jobs that uh, Timothy had was to ordain elders. And so what Paul is telling him is to make sure that the men that, you're, that you are committing these truths to are faithful themselves. In other words, they're not trying to put their own spin on it. They're faithful and they remain grounded, if that makes any sense. Most of you remember the uh, um, most of you remember the little <laughs> project that the teacher did uh, the, the experiment that the teacher did on your first day of class where she started off, uh, she whispered something into the one student's ear and told, every, and told that student to pass it on and by the time it got through 30 of y'all it was something completely different. Now that was just in what, two or three minutes? Imagine thousands of years this word being preached. Uh, imagine what's being committed to people and how people just over over hundreds and thousands of years are saying something different. That's the reason why we have so many denominations. Does everybody understand? And so he's saying that commit these things to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Everybody see that? Thou therefore endure what? Hardness. <laughs> what he's saying is suffer. Allow yourself to suffer and endure it. Does everybody understand? This world would be a much better place if people received the doctrine of suffering. Nobody want to suffer because that, that means crucifying flesh. And so he's telling Timothy, if you're going to be a, a faithful servant of God, you're going to have to learn how to suffer. And not only suffer, but endure it. Does everybody understand? 
Now, what does it mean to endure? You know, we're going to all suffer. You don't have to be a, a Christian to suffer. But he's saying, have the right attitude about it. Endure that suffering. That wouldn't be one argument between husband and wife if somebody would just endure suffering. Arguments happen. Contentions happen because people don't want to endure suffering. Does everybody understand? That wouldn't be one argument. Not one. Wouldn't be one disagreement if, if people endured suffering. When husband and wife argue, that's your clue that somebody in that marriage don't want to suffer. They don't want to obey this word. This Bible tells us to endure suffering as a good soldier of who? Not your own soldier. You ain't got your own army. You're part of Jesus Christ's army. That means you take orders from him. And that means that everybody understand, you're not fighting your own cause. When you endure suffering as a, as a soldier of Jesus Christ, you don't have your own cause. Does everybody understand? But what makes people argue and what makes people get into it and fall out with one another is because they're not a soldier of Jesus Christ. They're their own soldier. Does everybody understand? If the Lord could go to that cross without arguing, without defending himself, and, and while people were killing him, uh, why is it you can't stand to be thought of in the wrong way? Why is it, everybody understand? And Jesus Christ could have spoke the word and turned and flipped this world inside out if he had chose to. He could have showed off with the amount of power that he had. And here, and here you are, <laughs> just part of a creation, an ant in God's eyesight, and, but you, you loud. Everybody understand? So you endure hardness. You endure the conflict and things like that. You endure that as a soldier of Jesus Christ. Everybody see? Let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with what? The affairs of what? This life. If you are a soldier of Jesus Christ, it ought to show in your everyday life. Does everybody understand? If you're a soldier of Jesus Christ, it ought to show. And it says that if you are going to war for God, you don't have time to be entangled in the affairs of this life. Marriage, that's an affair of this life. I'm not going to let the devil tangle me up with that. I'm not, you, the, the, the devil's going to have to come another way. Everybody understand? And that's what we're going to talk about today, entangled. I've been preaching the same thing for the last 25 and a half years. Just sticking with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And one reason that's the case is because I refuse to be entangled. I can look out in the world and I can see all kind of things going out, going on in it that I don't like. I see all kind of injustices. And, I, and over the years, uh, there have been many attempts by people to pull me off into all of these different little avenues and rabbit holes is what I call them. The devil don't care about your calling or uh, you living for God. All, all he want to do is get you entangled. One, uh, one day, many years ago, I had a dream that I was uh, walking down this trail. And it, the trail was very, very skinny. And on either side of the trail were uh, thorns and briars, and they were taller than me. And uh, so it was a very skinny path. And I understood that I couldn't sway to the left or the right because the trail was so narrow. If I swayed to the left or the right, then some of those briars, it was like they were going to grab me and I would have had to spend, spend time trying to get them out of my clothes and out of my skin because they were very sharp, you see, and very long. And the Lord was showing me this is the highway of life. Does everybody understand? So let's read that again. No man... says, no man that warreth 
entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Now, let's look at that from the other side of it. I can't say that I'm in a war for Jesus Christ, but in a war for myself at the same time. I can't say that I, I, I'm not fighting a good fight of faith if I'm fighting my own fight. If I'm, if I'm battling with my own stuff. I'm not, that, I, everybody understand? Uh, I, I remember listening to soldiers, some old soldiers that were in the Vietnam War in this one documentary, and they were saying how when a lot of them, when they were in war, they didn't write back, they didn't write home. They didn't make friends with people that they were when they were in war because they understood as soon as you start caring about things in this life, that's when you get shot. I'm out here to kill. I'm out here to take care of this enemy, in other words. I don't have time to be thinking about my sweet wife at home and my children at home. They have nothing to do with what's going on over here. And so I can't get myself entangled in that because as soon as I get to missing them and get to crying, that's when I, I can't see what the enemy is doing. I'm thinking about something else. So the idea was they didn't want to be distracted. And many people who whose doctrine was the opposite of that, you know, making friends with folks and writing home all the time. When they saw one of their friends get, get, get killed, they got emotional and, and went over to try to help and they themselves were running into the line of fire and getting killed, you see. And in fact, it was if you, in wartime, if you were engaged in a battle, you were not supposed to and you were moving forward you, and you saw one of your friends drop, you couldn't pick them up. They had a whole team of people like they, they, that were a part of the reconnaissance that would go back and pick up their dead body or their living body or whatever. But you had to keep moving forward. Folks dropping right on side of you. Your best friend dropping right on side of you and you had to keep moving forward. You see, that was, that's the, that was war. You see. And that's the way it is when we are warring with Jesus Christ. That's the way it is when we're fighting this war with him, you see. We cannot allow ourselves to be entangled with the affairs of this life. That means any, anything that has to do with this life, you cannot be entangled in it. Does everybody understand? Look what it says, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Everybody see? So you can't please God being entangled in other stuff. That's not God's will. So you think about a tree. How many of you can picture a tree in your mind? What is a tree normally shaped like? A, a triangle that's sitting upright. You ever wonder why that's, that is generally the way most trees are, are shaped? There's a reason for that. Now let's think about there's in a tree, there's what they call a true vine, what the Lord, like what the Lord referred to himself. And the true vine is the stump that comes out of the ground. And it's usually going to go straight up. And then out of that true brand, vine, you're going to have all of these branches branching away from the true vine. So let's not today, let's not think about that tree as uh, the way uh, maybe we've thought about it in the past where we are the branches and we're bearing fruit. Let's think of that tree as the pathway, the true path. The true vine is the true path. And when you give your life to the Lord, you remain on that true path. In other words, straight up and down. Let's think about that in that way. So that's the true vine. That's the true, that is the way that you're supposed to operate. That's the way you're supposed to walk straight up and down up that path, that one path. Well, now you have a devil that comes to you and try to pull you in different directions. 
Let's think about some of these directions. In fact, let's go look at that in the Bible. Let's go to the 13th chapter of the book of Luke. I'm going to show you a uh, couple of examples of this so you can see what was going on here. The 13th chapter of the book of Luke. Is everybody there? All right, we're going to start reading at verse 1. It says, There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Does everybody see that? Does everybody see? There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. There's your branch. You've heard the term branching off. Verse 2, And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans, because they suffered such things? I tell you, no, but... Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Or, does everybody understand what he's doing here? He's getting back to the true vine. Here was the idea. Here's Jesus Christ. You, you know, you, you're the savior of the world. And you love all of humanity. What do you think about what Pilate did to these Galileans? What do you think about that, Lord? They were hoping that the Lord would speak evil of, of Pilate. Does everybody understand? Maybe uh, the Lord, because he's, you know, he's righteous, he's going to go out there and march for justice. Maybe he's going to join the cause that we've been trying to get him to join. Go out there and march. Because it's not fair that people are in church offering sacrifices to the Lord. They can't even go to church without being killed. And, here, and, and so they go to church. They're doing what the Mosaic law say, offering sacrifices. And what happens? They get killed. Their bloods get mingled with the sacrifices. They kill offering sacrifices. Lord, what do you have to say about that? What did the Lord say? Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? Nothing about Pilate. No, we're not going out there to march. Everybody see that? I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. What condition were these men in that had their blood mingled? with the sacrifices. That's what I'm concerned about. Did, did, they, did they die in the faith? That's what I'm concerned about. I'm not necessarily concerned with how they died as much as, you see, in other words, the way they left this world as much as I am how they left. Were they saved? Okay, well, if you're not saved, you're going to die the same way. Everybody see? They were hoping to pull the Lord into politics, into the affairs of this world. The Lord said, no, I'm here to die for the sins of the people. I'm not here to keep this world system going or to change, even change this world system. I've got my own kingdom. Everybody understand? I'm not, you're not going to entangle me in that. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I deal with the souls of people. What condition are their souls in when they leave here? All believers aren't going to die in their sleep. Or just sit down and say, okay, y'all, I'm about to leave here. 
Everybody understand? Some of them are going to die in car wrecks. Some of them are going to be killed. The Lord couldn't get, you know why the Lord couldn't get pulled in that? Number one, because he already had his assignment of what he was here for. Number two, he could not go into this pity party that people wanted to go into about how somebody leave this world. You know why? Because he understood, y'all going to get killed too. And it ain't going to be fair. Some of y'all are going to be thrown in prison. Some of y'all are going to be beheaded. Some of y'all are going to be bald and all. Some of y'all are going to be burned at the stake. Some of y'all are going to be, uh, uh, have rocks thrown at your head, buried in the ground and have rocks thrown at your head. Some of y'all are going to be tossed off the mountains head first. I, that's, that's life. Just hope that you are right with God when that happens. I'm not here to change what happened. Does everybody understand? No, I'm not here to, to change what happens. I'm not here to change the laws. I'm here to change hearts. There have been laws since the beginning of time, and people have been breaking them since the beginning of time. Every new law just represents a whole other class of people that's going to go to jail behind breaking it. Let's change the hearts of people. Let's not get entangled with the affairs of this life. That's this life. He's not saying turn a blind eye to justice, but then you pray for the hearts of people. Lord, change their heart. Everybody understand? You pray that people, that God would allow love to come into the hearts of people and they won't kneel on folks' neck. If you love somebody, you are, you're not going to kill them that way. You're not going to hurt them in that manner. People's hearts need to be changed. Everybody understand? You pray for, for love. Allow the Lord to do the justice part of it. But you pray even, even with convictions and all of that. Let's pray that, let's not say, well, okay, justice has been served. No, let's pray he take advantage of, of Jesus Christ dying for him. You don't want people to go to hell for something that they've done. Everybody understand? They may go to jail, justice may be served and all of that, but are you continuing on praying for their soul? That's what God is concerned about. Does everybody understand? So you can't get entangled because when you get entangled, you get bitter. Everybody see? And, I, and so you may say, well, that, that's fine, but, but what you're talking about, I'm, but I'm talking about your life. What has the devil entangled you with? What cause are you fighting that's not the cause of Jesus Christ, you see? So look at what he says, verse 4. He says, are those 18 upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them? Think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Everybody see. So and what, you know what he was doing? Before they bring this up about the 18 men who, who, who the tower fell on, let me bring it up. Because to him, it was all the same. People dying by being killed in church. People dying by standing near a tower that ain't got nothing to do with them and it's falling on them and killing them. God is saying, no matter how you leave this world, you be right when you leave here. But get your soul right. That's the war you're supposed to be fighting. Not whether or not the government should have, you know, should have made sure the tower was secure. God did not call his people to march against governments. Not when it, the Bible says that the powers that be are of him. You may, as a believer, see the wickedness. You may see the racism. You may see all of that. But I'm telling you, you're supposed to be heavenly minded. You're supposed to be focused on the war that you're in. That's saving souls. As believers, our that don't mean that we don't have a desire for change. But our desire for change goes beyond marching. It, it goes beyond that. Everybody understand? How about preaching? Everybody understand? The same way you're in the streets marching, get on a corner somewhere and preach to people's souls and change their hearts, you see. Introduce Jesus Christ to them. That is our commission. Anything else is a branch that the devil is trying to use to pull us out of God's war. 
if we get entangled in the affairs of this life, we will be rendered ineffective in the war, that what the real war is. The devil's got people looking at the natural war. Let me put it this way. Any man that kneels on another man's neck until he die, that's a demon-possessed man. Cast the devil out of that man. Everybody understand? When you can kill somebody with your hands in your pocket, you are demon-possessed. That's the war you're supposed to be fighting. He can go to jail for the rest of his life. That don't move the demon out of him. Does everybody understand? Let me make this clear. <laughs> let's, in fact, let's go to the 12th chapter of the book of Luke. <laughs> people, when, when things like this happen, you know people even sometimes get a disdain for preachers. Because they feel like, well, where's the church at and all this? Where are the preachers at? Y'all need to be, no, we need to be doing exactly what the Lord called us to do. Standing on that little soapbox that God gave us and preaching the gospel. God ain't never give anybody a break to go fight another war. Does everybody understand? Yeah, he ain't never give any of us a break to go fight. He, ain't no such thing as a, a preacher retiring. Uh, just uh, going to fight for justice. Justice is this word. That's the real justice. Everybody understand? The laws of man, that means nothing in the kingdom of God. Does everybody understand? God write his laws in the hearts of people. God's laws aren't stored at Washington, D.C. They're in the hearts of people. Does everybody understand? All right, so let's read. Let's start reading. Everybody there at the 12th chapter of the book of Luke? Let's start reading at verse 1. It says, In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable, innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, First of all, Beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. Everybody see that? People have died at the hands of police brutality. They may have killed the body. They can't send that soul to hell. That's what we're to be concerned with, first and foremost. What condition was the soul in when they left that body? Jesus' answer, God's word, that the answer for prolonged life is obeying God's word. Not exercising, not all of the do's and don'ts when a police officer pull you over. Everybody understand? Not having your hands up and sticking them out of the window when they pull you over trying to be super friendly. Do that for God. <laughs> everybody understand? And you'll live as long as he intends for you to live. Does everybody see? Go and keep reading. Verse 5. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yeah, I say unto you, fear him. Does everybody see? Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings and not one of them is forgotten before God? Does everybody see that? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. So all of these, this marching and stuff like that's fear. 
I'm afraid that this is going to happen to my son. Well, you go read the book of Job, the third chapter, and see what Job said. The thing that I feared the most have come upon me. I, I don't, God don't want his people entangled in what could happen. Everybody understand? You be where God wants you to be and be in his will at all times, God will protect you. And if that means dying at the hand of somebody else, oh well, at least, I, at least I'm going to see God. Christians don't fight death. Because to us it's not death. Everybody understand? Do you know as quickly as you die, uh, as quickly as you die, that's how quick you are in eternity and with God? Does everybody understand? What do I look like fighting against something that's designed to help me meet God? My only concern with that is this. I want to make sure I'm here long enough to do everything that God has called me to do. Outside of that, I'm ready to meet him. We believers are not supposed to be entangled in the affairs of this life. Yeah, it's a raggedy situation. It ain't fair. But guess what? The devil is the prince of this world. It's not meant to be fair. Fairness is in heaven. Fight to get there. Everybody understand? Yeah, get out of your flesh. What's fair? What's you think the devil is taking those? Okay, so what do you? How do you want this world to run? Everybody understand? If he's the prince of this world, it's meant to be raggedy and upside down. And here you come, you think you're going to change his mind? <laughs> it's meant to be that way. But you know what it's designed to do? It's designed to push us into grace. Lord, you know what? I give up on this world. I I'm coming to you. This world, I'm going to tell you something. This world ain't going to never be right. Never. This world ain't going to never be redeemed. That's why they have to, at some point there's going to be a new earth. God didn't come to save this, to save this dirt. There's going to be a new earth. Even this flesh couldn't be redeemed. It's got to go back to the grave. It's got to go back to the dust. Everybody understand? So why are we fighting for something that God is going to ultimately destroy? That's why he said, don't be entangled in the affairs of this world, you see. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to be cold-hearted. Again, I don't, I, 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 I don't like people being ugly towards one another. I don't like people mistreating people. But I'm going to tell you what I hate more than that. I don't like people not being saved. Because if they're not saved, they're going to do what the devil wants them to do. That's the issue. Everybody understand? And until everybody in this world gets saved, I'm going to preach. And until everybody in this world gets saved, it's going to be some folks that are demon-possessed that are going to be doing some stuff that you, as a believer, don't like. Let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 8. And I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But unto him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven. And when they bring you unto the synagogues and unto magistrates and powers, Take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer or what ye shall say, for the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. Does everybody see that? That's how we're supposed to live. Not what could be. Well, let's, all, let's, let's all teach our children how to respond when police officers pull them over. No, let's get them full of the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost will teach them what to say. Everybody understand? Does everybody understand? All right, so let's go ahead and keep reading. Let's get to the, to the heart of this. It says, and one of who? The company. In other words, one of the people 
who was sitting there listening at all of this wisdom, said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. <laughs> it's not fair, Lord. You're a good God. You're a just God. Surely you don't like people being mistreated. You see the branch there? I'm going to branch you off, Lord, and I'm going to make you fight for justice. Because I know you don't like raggediness. You don't like it at all. you just like me. You don't like seeing folks mistreated. And now that you're on this high note, let me bring to you something that's been distracting me from even hearing what you've been saying. I didn't come here for that sermon. <laughs> I don't like how I've been mistreated, and I want you to get off of your soapbox and out of your calling and answer for me. March for me. Everybody understand? Let's read that again. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, what? What did he say? That's not how he said it. Man. <laughs> Are you for real? That's the only time I've read where the Lord have said something like that, where he started with man. Man. Who made me? Everybody see that? Who told me to go marching? Who told me to write my congressman? Because you know that was a law. The firstborn got the inheritance. He wanted the Lord to change the Mosaic law. It's not fair that the firstborn get it because he might be raggedy and got poor credit and just out just spinning up all the inheritance. We ain't going to have nothing to our name when it's all said and done. Everybody understand? You know that was the Mosaic law, the firstborn. No, no matter how ragged he was, the firstborn male got the inheritance, his father's inheritance, the firstborn male. And here he is wanting the Lord to come and change the law. God, I'm special. For thousands of years, people have been following this law, but you're going to up and change it for me. Everybody see that? And he said unto him, man... Who made me a judge or a divider over you? I, in other words, this was the branch, judge and divider. If the Lord had went, okay, okay, so what's your, what's your complaint? Oh, you want, you want a part of the hair? Okay, I'll go talk to your brother about that. I'll, I'll, I'll go talk to him about that. And you know what? That would have been his commission from that point on. All kind of people would have been coming to him about how they've been mistreated, how they've been done wrong. This, and I, let me just say this, just in case we think in a far off, this is what most people, even in this ministry, approach my wife and I about. Can you talk to us because something ain't right? It ain't right because you're not following God's word. God didn't make me a judge and a divider over you. Right now is the counsel of God. If you follow it, you don't have to call me asking for extra. Follow this word. Does everybody understand? Follow this word. It's that simple. Outside of that, you entangle in the affairs of this life. Everybody see? And he said unto them, verse 15, take heed. In other words, did you hear what he just said? And beware of what? You want me to judge for, on behalf of your covetousness. It ain't that your brother's being greedy because that's, that's what, whatever the father's inheritance was, that's rightfully his. You don't want me to speak to your brother's heart as much as you want me to speak to the covetousness that's on the inside of you. Because that's what it all boils down to. Everybody understand? Beware of covetousness, for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which what? 
he possesses. Everybody see? You see the branches there? We've given you two examples of how people have come to the Lord trying to pull him away concerning justice. In their minds, the Lord is a righteous judge. He's, he, he's love, so surely he's going to want to hear my plight because this is not fair, what I'm experiencing or what pe other people are going through. The Lord had to remain focused on what his job was. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel. Not to make your brother split up stuff with you. Not to make your brother share his ice cream and candy. Does everybody understand? Yeah, not, not to make sure that your flesh don't go through anything, basically is what it boiled down to. God didn't send me here to make sure you got an easy, cloudy life. God didn't send me here to make sure you don't go through anything. You are to endure hardness as a good soldier. Does everybody understand? So over the years, people have done the same thing to me. Have tried to, you'd be surprised at how people tried to influence this ministry. Years ago, I preached a message, uh, the truth about tithing, and then over the years, I've added some more. It's probably now about eight or nine messages that I preach now having to do with tithing. And when people first begin to hear that, and the Lord had told me, this is going to be the, I can't remember the word he used, the what? Camelot sermon. In other words, this is going to be the message that I use the most to set people free, to get them from under the law so that they can truly experience my grace. But I'm going to tell you what happens. When people hear a message like that, the truth about tithing, I, I kid you not, people have actually wrote me or called me uh, telling me, I, I think you, you ought to send this to every pastor. You ought to preach that every time you get up to preach. No, I'm going to be like Paul. I'm going to preach the whole counsel of God. It's got a whole world full of people that's not under the Mosaic law. They're still going to hell. Not, you know, everybody understand, not being under the law of tithing don't equal righteousness. God's got a whole lot more to say than you're no longer under the law or to give according to what's purposed in your heart. It's a whole lot more in this Bible than that. So I, I, we're not going to spend time out there on that branch. I preached that when the Lord told me to preach it, and then I move on to something else, you see. But people pull you into stuff, and what happens, and really it's because people, you know, they get bitter about it because they've been duped. they in a church, and maybe the preachers are ignorant, or maybe they know better, you know, and they still just greedy for money and just want to make sure that all the bills are paid in the church and the salaries are paid and all of that. And so people get bitter when they find out the truth about it, and, and they want to make that, their flagship, they want to make that, well, this is, this is my ministry. I'm going to get everybody from under the law. I'm going to preach this. For, and, and, you know, I'm saying that because I knew a brother that was that way. When I lived in Tulsa years ago, I would talk to him on the phone. And the first conversation, I knew he was bitter. And I would try to talk to him and talk to him. Like, brother, you got to let that go. And, and he would go out, him and uh, one of his friends, they would go out and they, they would go all over the United States holding conferences about it. You know, and, and they spent the majority of their time just preaching against preachers who just may be ignorant or greedy or whatever the case is. And, and you know, and in their minds, this is what we're commissioned to do. Let me make this clear, something that the Lord gave me to say. God never intends on revealed truth to make you better. God won't give you that truth if it's going to make you better. Everybody understand? And so every time I talked to him, it was just, you know, just, you know, he was calling preachers whores and, 
They just using folks in the, okay, sir, what's this got to do with your life? I understand, you know, there's some preachers out there that's not right. But what does that got to do with you? You ain't just, don't go sit under them, that's all. You got a whole family you can preach to. You ain't got to go all over America. Get, the, get your house in order. And so one of the last times I talked to him, he was saying how um, him and his wife were having serious problems. And then the, the next time I talked to him, his wife had, had took their children and moved. You know why? Because he had got bitter. And he thought it was okay to hold on to that bitterness. And he thought he could tell that bitterness, you just stay targeted towards these raggedy preachers. Uh, you can't tell the devil what to do. If you get bitter, it's going to be towards everybody. You're not going to be able to tell bitterness where to go and who to target. You ain't got that kind of control over the devil. But see, this is, this is one of those branches. Okay, you learn that truth, now move on. Everybody understand? You can't get bitter because somebody don't know the same truth you know. Or because they're ignorant or willfully ignorant or just know better and still ain't going to do better, whatever. You can't, get, you can't get entangled in stuff like that. Does everybody understand? So this man, he got bitter. And after a while, you know, when I saw that he wasn't trying to come out of that, I, the Lord told me to leave him alone. He would call and call and call because really what he wanted was an ear to make bitter, I guess. I'm going to tell you, I'm the wrong person to call when you're bitter. Don't call me, you know, you know just, just to spread the bitterness around because you're mad. You go pray first. Don't call me because you're mad about something, because something ain't going your way. Everybody understand? Because I, I don't know how to be on that branch with you. I, I want to stay on the true vine. I, I, God didn't call me to fight a cause for you. Everybody understand? You see? And so I stopped talking to him. He would call, 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 call. And, and he would leave messages. Hey, uh, Preacher Bolden, I'm just calling you to talk about these whore preachers that's in the pulpit. That would be the message he'd leave. I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just, uh, well, you know, thank you for letting me know the devil's still there. I know not to call you back. I'm telling you, that's all, you know, you know. Yeah, these preachers, they got nice cars, and they're using the cars as whore bait. That's how he would say it. That, that's a whore bait. And you coming up with stuff. I ain't never heard the devil come up with all kind of stuff. What that's got to do with you? And he couldn't see that bitterness was destroying his life. His wife and children left him. Now he's mad about that. My wife's still going to church. See that? I told you. <laughs> Sir, <laughs> she know the devil got your brain. I looked him up a couple of years ago. And I saw he died at the age of 43. And on, in his obituary, his name had been changed to a Muslim name. That's where the devil want to lead you. God's revealed truth is not meant to make you turn your back on the faith. I know how to know what's not right when being preached without getting bitter about it. The difference is love. If somebody is within my vicinity and I know that they're preaching false doctrine. If I'm that passionate about it, I'll go talk to them. I don't want to preach against them. I'll go talk to them. But if they don't want to receive that, then I know how to pray for them. You don't win anybody to Christ by making enemies out of them. Does everybody understand? I'm not, I'm not going to be, that's, that's, that's entangled in the affairs of this life. Everybody understand? Yeah, he died at the age of 43. They had his real name, his birth name in there, but they also, you know, they, they had his name, the name that he had changed. And I thought, isn't that something? That's exactly what the devil want to do for people. 
He wants them to get away from the faith. This is what the problem is also with the black Hebrew Israelites, with folks who refuse to call Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. They want to use Hebrew and Aramaic names and all of that. That's all fine and dandy, but I speak English. I'm going to call him Jesus. I'm not, everybody understand. People ain't preaching no other doctrine except some junk that the devil done pulled them out of. If you're going to follow that, that mindset of we got to call the Lord by what his Aramaic name, Aram, that wasn't the original language and don't nobody know what the original language was. The Bible says in heaven he will be called the word of God. Does everybody understand? Jesus was his earth-given name. Does everybody understand? And those folks, that's all they want to prove. I'm going to prove to you. This is what the Lord is telling me. Okay, sir. How about preaching the gospel? Whatever you call him, he died for you. Don't get branched off into that junk. Because those people, they usually get bitter and mad because you refuse to call them by some other name. And you just walking in ignorance, whatever you want to say. Everybody understand? This brother, he became disillusioned. Now, let's go back to the tree. Y'all, that picture's still in y'all brain. So we'll, we'll agree that it's the natural form of a tree to be an upright triangle, isn't that right? You know why that is? Because every branch is trying to reach for the sun. They need sunlight to grow. And so a, a tree, not just naturally so, the branches on the top, on, at the very top, ain't got to extend that far. They at the top, they already got the sun. But the ones at the bottom, they got to spread out further to get a piece of that sun because they are already underneath all of these other branches. Let me put it this way. All the branches want to be heard. And that's what happens to us as believers when we take on some other cause and we go fight some other war. That becomes the war we fight and we want to be heard. Every cause want to be heard and it will trump what the, what the true vine is doing. Everybody understand? So let's think about this this way. We're, we're supposed to be trees with no branches. We're supposed to be connected to the true vine. Does everybody understand? We're supposed to be in that true vine, like we're a tree with no branches. The devil can't pull it And I'm talking about our life and how we're supposed to walk. The devil can't attach branches to us. Because we know what happens. A tree with all these, all these different causes, with all these different branches, you, you won't even be able to see what's, what's in the middle there. You won't even be able to see the true vine by the time the devil get finished make, making you fight all these other causes. Does everybody understand? And what he does is he uses it, and nobody's involved until it touches them. I had a brother that was killed in 1979 by just sitting in his, in, in his girlfriend's house, just talking with her and her sister and them watching TV, and just for no reason, her brother uh, killed him. They didn't have words, didn't argue, there wasn't nothing negative going on. Her brother just killed him. Well, that, that didn't make me go out and fight for, for gun, gun laws. That's a branch. Does everybody understand? And that, that's a branch. I'm not going to get involved in that. Not going to be involved with mothers against drunk driving. See all these branches? None of it replaces righteousness. We, we preach righteousness. Let's get right with God. That'll fix the drunk driving. Let's, let's pray for a revival in this nation. That'll, that'll fix. God is the one that fixes the hearts of people, see? So people get all of these causes. You know, women hurt. We're going we're gonna to build a woman's shelter for all the hurt women. How about the healing them so they can go out and be functional? They can know how to be in a relationship with somebody. You don't build, a, that's the problem now, it's too many shelters. 
How about teaching them how to identify the man that God has for them? Everybody understand? How about teaching abstinence? Don't have babies out of wedlock. Let's teach the word of God. That's what fixes the ills of society. Everybody understand? Knowledge without love will lead to arrogance and bitterness. Knowledge without love will lead to arrogance, in other words, pride and bitterness. Proud because you know something before somebody else and bitter because they ain't trying to take it on. <laughs> that's, that's not God's will. Does everybody understand? Don't allow the devil. So let's, I hope that we can see us in all of this. All the affairs, even, even you know, we all got these quote-unquote pet peeves. Every pet peeve you can think of is a branch. Every last one of them. Well, I, I don't like my house being in this shape, branch. I want my food cooked this branch. I don't like how my husband talked to me, branch. That's an affair. You ain't going to have no husband in heaven outside of Jesus Christ. That's a branch. That's, that's an affair of this life. Pray for them and you live right. Everybody understand? Because while you watering that branch, what are you doing? You the same way? You're going to take up the cause. You can't take up the cause without be, being, the, being that. Everybody understand? Uh, somebody got to fight for me. Ain't nobody with a branch. <laughs> Everybody understand? They're all, well, this ain't fair. I don't, I don't think branch is all of it. What's that got to do with heaven? That ought to be the first question you ask yourself when the devil come to you. Do you see how your husband looked at you? He didn't even acknowledge you. You done cooked his food and took his shoes off and, and soaked his raggedy feet and he ain't treating you right. When the devil bring you all of that, when the devil get done with all that, ask the devil, what does this have to do with salvation? What does this have to do with heaven? Everybody understand? If it ain't got nothing to do with heaven, you ought not to be fighting over it. That's the bottom line. If it ain't got nothing to do with heaven, get mad because Folks are dying every day going to hell. That, get mad about that. Everybody understand? If you're going to get angry and, 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 and huffing and puffing smoke, get mad about that. Everything else is temporal. Everybody understand? And listen, it's meant to help you to live a stress-free life. You can't take on bitterness without taking on sickness. That, that, all that goes hand in hand. Unforgiveness, all that, that's all sickness. You be having all kind of back problems, heart problems. Yeah, everybody understand? You can't take on bitterness. It's folks sick now because they bitter. I tell you, I think we ought to find something else to be, to, to march about. Think about what's going on in the news. I see things like that. I keep up with stuff just to know what, how, where we are in this Bible. Okay, Lord, you about to come back real fast. Because it's going Armageddon on these streets. But my cause is not how a man died. My cause is not a man dying in the street. Because if the Lord tarry, we're going to die. And we don't get to tell the Lord how we want to leave here, fair or unfair. Does everybody understand? I believe there ought to be justice. I'm not saying we'll just let folks walk free after they've done, done crazy stuff. I believe there ought to be justice. But you know what? After the justice... 
And before the justice get here, let's pray that people have a change of heart. Let's pray that the Lord will change them, change their heart so they're not doing crazy stuff. You're not choking somebody until they die. Everybody understand? That's what we ought to be concerned with. Not being pulled, I'm telling you, it is impossible. You continue to watch stuff, you continue, that stuff will get in your heart, and the next thing you know, you bitter. And it's a setup from the devil, because you're going to get pulled over one day. What are you going to do with your bitter heart? Why you pull me over? I'm, you know, I'm not riding dirty. I ain't got no name. I ain't taking on no slave master's name. Just call me X. And then when you're sitting in jail, you have a collect call from who, X? Mama, come get me. <laughs> Did she name you X? <laughs> Everybody understand? Oh, this June bug, come, come get me. Oh, that's what you should have told that police officer that you've been a smart aleck with. Everybody understand? Everything, every branch is designed to get you to a quick death. Every branch is designed to get you to a quick death. Everybody understand? I'm not going to be mad at all the police officers in this world. They're people just like everybody else. Some of them saved, some of them aren't. The ones that saved, they're going to act right. The ones that aren't, they're going to do whatever their master tell them to do. And that includes nail on people's necks. Our job is to get them out of the kingdom of darkness. You can be a police officer and saved at the same time. I'm not going to write you off because of your job. Everybody understand? So no, I'm not going to be bitter against a whole sect of people. That's, that makes me worse than them. Everybody understand? That's the trick of the enemy. You think he's doing it over here and he's doing it over there. You become who you hate. You mistreat people just like maybe some of them have. In your heart, you can kill a man. That's what we address. Everybody understand? Before anybody, it's all premeditated. Before anybody kills somebody physically, they've already killed them in their hearts. I might not be able to get to you, Mr. Police Officer, but if I hate you, I've already murdered you. That's what I'm going to be judged by. And this is what the Lord addresses. Let's get to the, heart, let's get to the hearts of people Everybody understand? Let's not get pulled into all of these different branches that the devil has to try to distract people. Everybody understand? That goes true for that goes for us as well. That are married, that are in relationships, that are just living this Christian life. If you're gonna be in a war, be in a war for God. Jesus Christ has called you to be a soldier. And that's not, to, and he didn't call you to be a soldier to fight your own cause. To, to make sure that you're, I want you to think about it. Every argument, every disagreement that you can think of, all that stuff is designed to appease flesh. I want some, that's basically, you know that's what an argument is? I want you to line up with my flesh. No, I want you to line up with my flesh. Well, I guess we just ain't, I guess we ain't going to be married then. Because you're not willing to cater to my flesh, and I'm not willing to cater to yours. Everybody see that? That's the affairs of this life. That's not God's will, you see. God's will is that we move according to his purpose. We got to think outside of ourselves and, and bigger than ourselves. Everybody see that? Because I can promise you life is bigger than you. It's bigger than your flesh. It's bigger than your cause. Let's fight the cause of Christ. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this message that you've spoke to us today. God, we thank you for making it plain to us. Lord, we pray that as we have heard your word, that we will respond accordingly, Lord. Allow your word to seek, sink down deep into our hearts so that when the time comes, Lord, and we're being tried, that we can remember this word, Lord, and live according to it, Lord. Help us not to overlook it. Help us not to allow it to slip away from us.
Help us, Lord, to crucify our flesh daily so that we can fight the war that you've called us to fight and so that we can be victorious, Lord, and you can be pleased with us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. We thank you all for coming. The Lord will, we'll meet up here in a little bit and we'll discuss what we've heard. That's all now. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.